0: What is the best way to prepare for a pandemic flu? You are listening to Reach MD, XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dave Gruber. Mr. Gruber is the Senior Assistant Commissioner for the Division of Health Infrastructure Preparedness and Emergency Response for the state of New Jersey. Mr. Gruber, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable.
1: Glad to be here, Susan.
0: How How are states doing in terms of preparing for a pandemic influenza outbreak?
1: I think states are doing well. We've been preparing as a country for the pandemic for years right now, for a few years, in a very, very intense way. That said, different states, different entities are at different levels of preparedness, and the reason for that is that there are just so many areas that need to be addressed in preparing for a pandemic that it's probably impossible for everybody to address them all in in the fashion that we'd like to.
0: New Jersey has received very high marks for strategies and planning for a pandemic flu scenario. Tell us more.
1: Well, I I think I'd like to sort of avoid the we're doing very well uh, reports. Uh, What we look at more is are we doing the best we can to prepare? And what we're doing consistent with our partners throughout the country is we're, number one, recognizing that we have to prepare. Number two, we're looking at the medical and public health responsibilities that we have in addressing those. And number three, which is just as important, is we're engaged with our other partners across all sectors to include critical infrastructure, private enterprise, and our faith-based groups and uh, all of those in the philanthropic areas to make sure that the community as a whole is preparing, as this truly will be a community effort.
0: Tell us more about how states are scored and ranked in this regard.
1: Well, I think one of the biggest difficulties that that all of us have experienced is there's never been a true measure of success for preparing for a pandemic. So there are different groups that have tried to come up with ways to measure. For example, the Trust for America um, has come up with certain, what they believe is ways to gauge whether a state is prepared. The Centers for Disease Control have given us in the health departments measures of what we need to do. So I don't really think there's a consistent measure for Preparedness. Uh, when, when you're looking at a pandemic influenza, anyone who claims to be an expert right now is probably not telling you the whole truth because none of us have truly really experienced a pandemic and none of us have really seen whether or not the plans that we are putting into place right now are the best plans.
0: Tell us more about the preparedness indicators. For example, the emergency preparedness drills.
1: When you look at preparedness indicators, they span the gamut of areas from stockpiles to preparedness drills to having plans, and I think that all states and and all entities in one form or another have varying degrees of completion of those indicators. However, I think that if you look at it, it's a moving target. So, for example, if you look at the indicators of a group, they may be... um, A certain set one year, but a different data set another year. Emergency preparedness and response for the health community as we know it today is a new field. So it is very, very difficult to come up with those measures of success or those measures of preparedness.
0: Tell us more about the ant antiviral stockpiling?
1: The antiviral stockpiling is a critical aspect in our preparedness efforts. There is a national effort to ensure that states have the ability to stockpile uh, antiviral agents. Uh, specifically in 2006, the United States Department of Health and Human Services began stockpiling treatment courses, began allowing the states to purchase stockpiling treatment courses of the antiviral drugs Relenza and Tamiflu. And they supported that effort by providing 25% of the cost of the subsidy. They subsidized 25% for state purchases. And the recommendation was that the states have enough antivirals on hand to treat approximately 10% of their population. Throughout the country, different states have elected to approach the stockpiling in different ways. In New Jersey, we have approximately 90-some uh, percent of what was recommended to us, in addition to what the feds may give us during an event.
0: What's the shelf life of stockpiled
1: antivirals? The shelf life has just been increased. And, and when we talk antivirals, again, I want to define that we're talking the two, the Tamiflu, and that's oseltamivir phosphate for the technical term, and Rolenza, which is Zanamavir. For the Tamiflu, the expiration date is seven years right now. It's just been upped within the last year or two to a seven-year shelf life.
0: How much federal funding is available for state preparedness?
1: Well, if you ask me that question right now, the answer is zero for, for flu preparedness. We have gotten significant amount, amounts of money in the past for specifically for influenza preparedness, for pandemic influenza preparedness. Uh, we were zeroed out this year. However, we do get uh, funding for overarching preparedness both in the form of a Centers for Disease Control grant and also from the um, Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response in Health and Human Services.
0: And how do the individual state efforts dovetail with other states and the federal government in terms of preparedness?
1: I think that when you look at the process the federal government has used in rolling out their pandemic plan, Their attempt was to come up with general guidelines that would be passed down to the state, however, a reliance on the states to be the the heavy lifters for the preparedness and response effort. So we have, uh, along with the other states, have taken the guidance given to us by the federal government and applied them specifically to our individual states. We talk with the other states regarding preparedness efforts and how we might work together, but I think the critical thing to to bring up for a pandemic is that unlike um, um, a hurricane in which Perhaps a state might be affected and others might be able to assist them. Here in a true pandemic, everybody is going to be affected. And the ability for states to to help each other, no matter how much they want to, may be significantly impeded. If you're
0: just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me is Dave Gruber, the Senior Assistant Commissioner for the Division of Health Infrastructure. Structure Preparedness and Emergency Response for the State of New Jersey, discussing pandemic flu outbreaks. Mr. Gruber, tell us more about what's happening at the public health laboratories.
1: I think the public health laboratories, much like everybody else that is preparing for a pandemic, has to look at the surge capacity that they'd be able to bring to the table when asked to Conduct a a larger amount of sampling uh, than they would normally do on a on a daily basis. This would be particularly important during the beginning stages when physicians, epidemiologists, were trying to determine whether or not there was an outbreak and the uh, the actual strain and the the extent of the outbreak. So laboratories are looking at how they might handle that surge capacity. Additionally, based on the um, the possible effects of a pandemic on the population as a whole. The laboratories and others are looking how they're going to deal with a reduced workforce based on those who either may be sick, may be affected because their family members are sick, or may be fearful to come to work.
0: Tell us more about biosurveillance efforts.
1: I think that one of the the positive things that we can bring up is that biosurveillance is occurring right now, regardless of whether or not there's the threat of a pandemic or not. So our epidemiologists, our public health departments in New Jersey and throughout the country, and and CDC um, and the World Health Organization have a strong, strong surveillance effort that monitors uh, the status of infectious disease. And I think if uh, people wanted to go onto the CDC website or the WHO website, they'd get a good feeling that, that everybody was looking at it right now.
0: Are the states increasing the rates for immunizing adults over 65?
1: Well, I think we'd, we'd have to define what immunizations we're talking about. I think that what the states are doing is heavily promoting any of the, uh, those over 65 to get their annual flu shots and that's a that's a critical aspect for maintaining good health which is one of the key aspects of preventing disease be it pandemic or or any other disease so there is an active effort each year to ensure that those who might most be affected by influenza get their immunizations or uh, their flu shots.
0: Describe the effort in terms of recruiting volunteers if there were a pandemic outbreak.
1: I think the effort for recruiting volunteers, again, is a good news story in that it's not specifically related to a pandemic. It's related to an overarching effort by health departments throughout the country to ensure they're capable of responding to any event that has a health component to it. So there are two main programs uh, in the health arena that involve the Recruitment of volunteers. One is the MRC or Medical Reserve Corps program that has been in effect for a while but has uh, significantly grown over the course of the past few years. Another program is the ESAR VIP program, which is a federal program. That focuses on ensuring that volunteers from one state have the ability credential-wise and licensure-wise to act in another state should states look for mutual support.
0: What is your best advice for preventing a pandemic flu outbreak?
1: I think the best advice for presenting an outbreak uh, is twofold. First of all, for the medical community and the public health community, continue the preparedness efforts that we've engaged in. And um, even though we are facing... Staffing and funding shortages throughout the country, we have to somehow overcome those and continue the the strong preparedness efforts that have gone over gone on in the past few years as far as the individual good hygiene is really the key to prevention of disease that 's hand washing uh, it's it 's covering your mouth when you cough or when you sneeze, and just do it, having the common courtesy of making sure that uh, that things stay clean and remain clean and you uh, and you stay home if you get sick.
0: Are there efforts underway to secure more funding?
1: <laughs> well, the states are always asking for more. And I think that we would hope that the new PAPA bill, which uh, which is a federal bill requiring health preparedness and response, is the impetus for those at the federal in the federal legislative arena to fund what they're telling us we have to support. So uh, I think that, you know, I would refer to some federal people to to help me out with this question, but obviously at the state level, we're not going to turn down any money that comes to us to help us with our support efforts.
0: What led to your interest in this area?
1: Well, first of all, my degree is in microbiology, and that was a long, long time ago. So I've always been interested in in infectious and communicable diseases, but more recently um, in my position at the Department of Health and Senior Services and responsible for the preparation and response to any outbreak, it's imperative that I do stay interested. What's your take-home message? I think the take-home message is to continue the effort that has already started in preparing for a pandemic to ensure that as state health officials and others, that we continue the effort but not cry wolf and cause the country to get pandemic influenza burnout but that the effort is maintained so that should we be faced with this disastrous type of disease, that we're where we need to be.
0: Mr. Gruber, thank you for joining us to discuss pandemic flu outbreaks.
1: Just my pleasure, Susan. Thank you.
0: I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library of on-demand podcasts. Or call us toll free with your comments and suggestions at 888 MDXM157. Thank you for listening.